Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Deborah, and this is another episode of the audiobook, The Spiritual Multitudes, Volume 1. We are in Chapter 2 of a wonderful, wonderful chapter called Dear Precious Child. This is going to be episode or part number 6. So sit back, listen, or watch, and enjoy. Put your listening ears on and have an open spirit and heart to learn. So we shall begin. Don't be afraid, Neil is told. He, the unknown one, knows how you feel. As if your known world is no longer solid ground under your feet. Sweetie, the one who is spiritually coming to you in this his book, The Multitude, you are now listening to or watching the video. He has sent you freely. Can spiritually hear your spiritual hearts, your mind, all of its thoughts, its fears, its desires, and its spiritual seeking, searching, and knows as neod in the parable, in the movie, that you accept as truth what you see with your natural eye, even if they are closed, as in Neil's case, in the matrix. But somehow you are expecting to wake up. Well, sweetie, this, as Neil was told, this waking up is not far from the truth. Neil, as you are, was asked a question. Do you believe in fate? Webster's Dictionary, the one that I always love to use, defines the word fate, F-A-T-E, as, one, the principle or determining cause or will by which things in general are believed to come to, be as they are, or events to happen as they do, destiny. Two, an inevitable and often adverse outcome, condition, or end. B, disaster. Death. Three, final outcome. B, the expect, expected result of normal development. Four, the three goddesses who determine the course human life in classical mythology. The synonyms for faith include fate, fate, destiny, lot, portion, doom, mean a predetermined state or end. Fate, F-A-T-E, implies an inevitable and usually adverse outcome. Destiny implies something foreordained and often suggests a great or noble course or end. Lot and portion imply a dis- distribution by fate, by fate or destiny. Lot, L-O-T, suggests blind chance, portion implying the apportioning of good and evil. Doom distinctly implies a grim or horrible fate or outcome. And what did Neo answer to the question by the unknown one? No, I don't believe in fate because I don't like the idea that I am not in control of my life, not in control of my life. And he, the unknown one, also knows that you too, sweet, do not like not 
being in control of your own life. As Neo was told by the unknown one called Morpheus. Morpheus is the name of a Greek god of dreams, which was an ancient forgotten description of the one true eternal god of dreams. The Most High God himself. Very interesting. This name of Morpheus, who came to Neo even over the computer, came through dreams and visions. It's called a name of a Greek goddess, meaning god of dreams. Very, very interesting for the story. Yes, sweetie, the one true god of dreams has been spiritually contacting you, just as Neo had been in the movie The Matrix. The one true God of dreams is going to step out of your dream to meet you personally. But he'll meet you first just as Morpheus and Neo met in your dreams. Morpheus, in the parable, the movie, the story, says to Neo when they met, just as a true God of dreams is saying to you, you know something that you cannot explain, but you feel it. You have felt it your whole life. There is something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it is there always in your thoughts, in your heart, in your mind, like a splinter irritating you. And it, this splinter, this discomfort, this irritation, this lack of peace, these feelings, thoughts, questions that has brought you to me, to Morpheus, the God of dreams, and what has been driving, pulling, leading, compelling you all your life? Wow. Neil wasn't told exactly all this that the Heavenly Father has just told you. Neil was asked by Morpheus, do you know what I'm talking about? And what was Neil's answer? The Matrix? Yes, Neil. The Matrix. As Neil was asked, and so is the true God of dreams asking you who are listening, you sweetie, do you want to know what the matrix is? And what was Neil's answer? Will your answer be the same? Yes, I want to know. So sweetie, do you too want to truly know what it is you have been searching for, seeking answers for all over the world, even in the spirit realm, in other things? In other people, hoping to find in every close, intimate, sort of loving relationship in books, on the internet, from others. And what is your answer, sweetie? Can you be as courageous as Neo and say yes? Neo was told that what the Matrix was, is it, the Matrix was everywhere. It is all around us. Remember, unknown to Neo at this time, he and Mor Morpheus were currently in the Matrix. So when Morpheus, the true god of the dreams, comes to talk to you, at first you will be in the spiritual realm, the Matrix. It, the Matrix, Matrix is in this room where they were meeting and talking. You can see the Matrix. When you look out your window or turn on your TV, you can feel it when you go to work, go to church, or pay your taxes. And these words spiritually apply to you, O oh, spirit person, living in a body of dirt from the earth, just as these words were said and meant as they did for Neo. Now for Neo and you comes the process 
of getting the answers. Truth is coming to you, sweetie. And it has to come slowly. Truth and light is beginning to be revealed. Unfold. A switch was slowly being turned on as a candle is being lit. Or a lamp was slowly being turned up and the rays of light were beginning to shine. Light, truth, knowledge was breaking through the darkness, the ignorance of Neil's heart and mind, as so will yours. The light was beginning to shine out. A spiritual connection was made to this unknown one, to this unknown God of the dreams, to Morpheus. The darkness, the ignorance was giving way to the light, to the truth, to knowledge. Morpheus tells Neo, just as the true God of dreams is telling you, dear, the matrix is the world, the realm, the system, the kingdom that has been pulled over your eyes, your spiritual eyes, to blind you from the truth. Please spiritually listen to some words of eternal spirit and life. Living water, a wellspring of life about being spiritually blind. Second Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. Authorized King James Version. Paul's letter to the believers in Christ Jesus in Corinth. Verse 3. But if our spiritual gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven, its light, its knowledge, its truth, its good news, be hid. It is hid to them that are lost, those wandering in a dark wilderness, a dark kingdom, spiritually separated from their spiritual heavenly father, spiritually dead to him. Lost in the slavery, the captivity to sin, which is rebellion and its consequences. Spiritual death, spiritual separation from the heavenly father. Verse 4. In whom the spiritually lost, the God, the ruler, the king of this world, of this matrix, the earthly carnal kingdom, the lust-filled corrupted world. The spiritual kingdom of darkness, of ignorance, the matrix, by the God of darkness himself. The God of spiritual blindness and deafness. The God of the spiritual matrix. The God of spiritual control. The God of intimidation. The God of the unsaved, the lost, the unborn again spiritual being. Has spiritually blinded. The spiritual hearts, the minds, the spiritual eyes of them, those that are lost, the spiritual ones, to the one true God and his truth, his light, his knowledge, which believe not. Believe not what, you ask? Very good question. Or else the spiritual light, the truth, the life, agape love of the glorious spiritual gospel, the good news the truth of the kingdom of heaven and Christ, the anointed spiritual word, the king of heaven, the first begotten son of the heavenly father, the true spiritual image and likeness, the reflection of God himself, the heavenly father should shine spiritually unto them, the lost ones, 
the blinded ones. Listen to another ancient word from out of the past. Ephesians 4, 18 through 19. Authorized King James Version. A guy, an evangelist, a traveler named Paul, is writing to believers in Christ Jesus in the city of Ephesus who had spiritually seen the glorious spiritual gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven and its king, Christ Jesus. Verse 18. Having the spiritual understanding darkened. How does that happen? By being spiritually alienated, lost, separated from the spiritual, living, eternal light of truth, of the eternal life of God, the Most High, their spiritual Heavenly Father, through the spiritual ignorance, blindness, darkness that is in them. How? Why? Very good questions to be asking. Let's see what the verses tell us. Because of the spiritual blindness, the hardness of their spiritual heart that's in the soul and the spiritual mind that's in the soul. Verse 19. Who, these spiritually blind ones to the light of Christ, being past feeling, spiritually numb. Past feeling, what does that mean? Spiritually numb. I am lost. I know, sweetie, but I'm going to help you. Webster's Dictionary defines the word past, P-A-S-T, as one, ago, B, just gone or elapsed, two, having existed or taken place in a period before the present, bygone, three, of relating or constant. Consisting of a verb tense that is expressive of elapsed time. Four, a preposition. B, beyond the age for or of. B, after. C, at the farther side or beyond. Five, as a noun. A, a time gone by. B, something that happened or was done in the past. C, a past life, history, or a course of action. Let's keep continuing learning. The next word we want to look at is feeling. F-E-E-L-I-N-G. Feeling. Webster's Dictionary defines the word feeling as one, touch, two, appreciative or responsive awareness or recognition. Three, an emotional state or reaction. Four, susceptibility to impression, sensitivity. Five, perception or thought. Six, overall quality of one's awareness. Seven, conscious recognition, sense. Eight, sentiment. Nine, capacity to respond emotionally, especially with the higher emotions. 10. Atmosphere. 11. Sympathetic aesthetic response. The synonyms include feeling, emotion, affection, sentiment, passion. Mean a subjective response to a person, thing, or situation. Please don't get tired when you're learning and trying to learn about things that have been hidden from you. Having basic understanding, definitions, 
concepts are vital and important because so many of us, including you, have misconceptions, wrong definitions, and they had come from our culture, our family, our history, and we don't really know what the true meaning of the words mean and how they relate to us in this spiritual understanding. So keep listening and learning. Feeling denotes any partly mental or physical response marked by pleasure, pain, attraction, or repulsion. It may suggest the mere existence of a response, but imply nothing about the nature or intensity of it. The word emotion carries a strong implication of excitement or agitation. But like feeling, it encompasses both positive and negative responses. Affection applies to feelings that are also inclinations or likings. Sentiment often implies an emotion inspired by an idea. Passion suggests a very powerful or controlling emotion. Webster's Dictionary defines the word numb, N-U-M-B, as one devoid of sensation, especially as a result of cold or anesthesia. Two, devoid of emotion, indifferent. Now, let's return back to Ephesians 4, 18 through 19, verse 19. To God's spiritual truth, its light of Christ, the living anointed word, the king of the kingdom of heaven, have spiritually given themselves over spiritually unto lasciviousness. Oh my goodness, what a word that is. Webster's Dictionary defines the word lasciviousness. I'm going to spell it for you. L-A-S-C-I-V-I-O-U-S-N-E-S-S. And it means wanton, W-A-N-T-O-N, which means one, hard to control, two, undisciplined, three, unruly, four, playfully, mean or cruel, mischievous. Five, lewd body. Six, causing sexual excitement, lustful, sensual. Seven, merciless, inhumane. Eight, being without check or limitation, luxuriantly ranked. Nine, unduly lavish, extravagant. Ten, one given to self-indulgent flirtation or trifling. Webster's Dictionary defines the word lewd. L-E-W-D as one, evil, wicked. Two, sexually unchaste or licentious. Three, obscene, vulgar. Webster's Dictionary also defines the word lust, L-U-S-T, as one, pleasure, delight. Two, personal inclination. Three, a wish. Four, usually intense, or unbridled, unstoppable, unsatisfied sexual desire. Five, an intense longing. Six, craving. Seven, enthusiasm, eagerness. Verse 19 continues. And through lust, lasciviousness, 
in the world on earth, spiritually controlled by darkness, by ignorance. All corruption comes. Oh, no. That's right. You're beginning to see the light. So through spiritual blindness, hardness, a spiritual heart, the mind of the soul, and then the mind and heart of the spirit being gives itself over to lust, lust, L-U-S-T, a strong, spiritual, dark, and powerful ruler, master, king, controller over all the corruption in the earthly, carnal world on earth. Lust, a spiritually unquenchable spiritual fire in the heart, the mind of the soul, and spread to the spiritual being. The spiritually unfulfilled, never satisfied, carnal, earthly desires. The dark world's desire. Lust, a spiritual fire of the heart. The mind of the soul, always burning, never put out. Lust only desires are its wants, its craves, its more, 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 and more. That ends this part six of Chapter 2, Dear Precious Child, of the Multitudes, Volume 1. We will pick up again in Part 7. But remember, when one is in darkness, living in a matrix as Neil was, you cannot see the truth, know the truth, and your heart is darkened by the lust and the corruption of the carnal world. Your soul is darkened, and thus it covers with a wax grossness a hard veil that covers your spirit. So the only way the spirit can see is as it is in its dreams, out in the matrix, looking as Neo did, trying to find answers to its questions. Is this all there is? Am I nothing more? What is the matrix? The question will drive you, and you will look and seek, and the answers will come. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. See you in the next audiobook of The Spiritual Multitudes, Volume 1, Chapter 2, Dear Precious Child, Part 7. Enjoyed you coming today and listen, Pastor Deborah.